another episode of the Great British Drafting Show, a proud part of the Riot Network and sponsored by All for Carolina. I'm your host, Dan Cresso, and joining me this week is Vincent Richardson. Hello. Hey. Um, so I'm quite excited for this week because we're going to talk about one of my favorite positions to scout in college, and that's the running back position. Yep. Yeah, you, 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 this has certainly been a position that you, you've done a lot of work on, more so than I have, certainly. Yep. Um, running back's one of those positions where you don't have to make as many projections from college to the pros. Generally, players are productive early. Generally, they're asked to do similar things in college. Um, and, and also, just given that most college quarterbacks are quite bad, uh, running backs are a lot more important in college football than in the NFL. Yeah, I think the one the one thing I would say with that in terms of talking about like usage, yeah, is that there are also there are going to be guys and this will be something we'll come to in a bit. There are guys whose value will very much depend on the scheme they're put in. Yeah, um, and this is like this is something as a Panthers fan you get with McCaffrey in that the Panthers actually done a really good job of making the most of McCaffrey for his first two seasons. But yeah. there is a, you know had he gone to another team that hadn't been quite so dedicated and creative in how they look to use him, you know. Mm. particularly when it comes to receiving ability for for running backs that can really yeah. depend on the scheme they end up in if that makes sense yeah 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 if you're if you're using McCaffrey in, in the sort of traditional power system then you're you're kind of mishandling him you're you're not making the most out of what you've got and then yeah, there will be running backs that we're going to talk about that um fit certain schemes uh more so than than other ones yeah so it, in terms of what the Panthers might look for as a yeah as a backup to McCaffrey? Are they looking for someone who can replicate the skills that he has or someone who brings something different? Uh, that, that's the bit that's not totally clear right now. So mm. so Ron has kind of hinted that they'd like a McCaffrey 2.0, yep. which is fine, only his skill set is really quite unique in the NFL. Yeah. Yep. So like there are only a handful of guys who can offer you that level of receiving value. Yep. So. Either they basically just get somewhere between a usual scat back and McCaffrey and kind of try and make it work, which which wouldn't necessarily be terrible. Like you could do that. Yeah. Or they try and do what it looked like they were going to do with CJ Anderson last year, where you have a, a very different back, but a complementary back who can give you the things that McCaffrey isn't as good at. So sort of that, mm. you know, consistent power yardage inside the tackles is something that McCaffrey mm. isn't the best at. And so pairing yep. with someone who can do that could could be a, an interesting combination. Yeah. I Talking about usage, the thing that, that then comes down to then is is how do you get these guys like the ball? Because the Panthers have said they want to reduce their workload on McCaffrey and and really have to, but then when they had CJ Anderson last year, they didn't really get him the ball very often. So a lot of it's going to come down to how how North wants to use running backs and how committed he is to 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 getting carries to people, you know, for people who aren't McCaffrey. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you. And this this running back class has a lot of specialists. Um, yeah. So, they're, they're, you know, regardless of which way the Panthers want to go, they could probably find someone who who has some skill set that does that. Um, I'm I'm not as convinced that there, there's someone who ha- is a complete package. Uh, and most people who've been following the draft probably uh, would be already aware of this, given that there, there isn't kind of that guy that people yeah, have been no, talking that, about. That, that, that's probably fair, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in, in terms of scouting college running backs what kind of things would you look for how do you make projections from college to the pros so for a lot of players it's there's actually very limited projection because they're basically doing the same things 
So yep. you want to see the athletic traits. You want to see the the you know the agility, the balance, the the, the quickness, and, and the deep speed. And then of course interlinked with that in terms of sort of innate traits, as it were, is is, is the vision, the ability to actually read running lanes on the go. Yeah. Um, and then once you get beyond that, that kind of gets you to the level where you're getting the maximum out of your blocking. And then beyond that, you have things like the ability to break tackles, to drag, you know, to add yardage after contact and to, mm. to make tacklers miss in space that then allows you to go beyond what is blocked for you. Yeah. Um, and of course, running backs aren't just ball carriers for the most part. You also have the receiving side of the game. So, yep. you know, one, can they catch the ball, but also how are they as a route runner? Um, and, and then also, can they pass protect if they need to? Yeah, that's a big um, point. So I, a lot of running backs... I mean, I, I have quite a strong view on how you should use running backs as pass protectors, but mm-hmm. but you do but you do at times need somebody to stay in a pass protect, particularly in sort of third downs and red zone situations. So having someone who can do that is valuable. Um, yep. The issue you get in terms of projecting for college players is that there are college players, college teams, sorry, use running backs in quite different ways in terms of how they ask them to, to play in the passing game. So that there are some running backs who really didn't get the throw ball thrown to because that's not what the scheme did or yep. who never pass protected because that's not something the scheme did so yep. th- those are things that teams would need to work out but for the most part players who are uh skill wise good running backs in college tend to be good running backs in the pros yep i i, I totally agree with you um pass protection and being able to catch the ball are two things that require the most projection for certain players um yep. case in point ronald jones uh, who wasn't really asked to catch the ball that often has really yeah. not seen the field much for the Bucks, given that he can't really catch the ball. Um, and that's something that teams will probably have to work out uh, in their private workouts. Yeah, and you, to be fair, you can you can get value out of a guy who can't catch. Like the Panthers did it for years with Jonathan Stewart. I mean, like yeah. you, legitimately, you, it was a real issue throwing him the ball. But he then that player then has to be good enough as a pure ball carrier that you can that they add enough value in terms of that and then they also have to be able to pass protector if you have them on the yep. field the team doesn't know you're you know, definitely going to run the ball so it, it, it's it's one of those things where i mean I, I can talk about this a bit later on i think but but there are tiers of sort of receiving value and, and to a certain degree and you just you have to make sure you're not in the sort of the bottom tier and then beyond mm-hmm. that it's just about adding value if that makes sense yep um so the format's going to be the same as for other weeks where we're going to go down Vincent's big board uh, that's going to be put yeah. up online. Um, so number one, uh, your only first round projection for this running back class yeah. is Damian Harris out of Alabama. Yeah. Tell me so it, more about him. So in terms of the grade, it's it's it's, it's very close between sort of late first round, early second round. So I, I, it, I this isn't sort of some generational running back talent and, I, you know, I should be clear about that, but he he just does the the core things you want to see a running back do. He does mm-hmm. very very well, yep. very consistently. Yeah. And you could you know you could probably stick him in a power scheme or a zone scheme, and he will make the most out of the blocking and give you a little bit more value on pretty much every single play. Yep. Um He's not he's not an absolute power guy. So if if you're looking for sort of a, you know if you want a real short yardage back. I mean, he, he's good, but he's not sort of a, a complete thumper. But other than that, he is a really good in-between-the-tackles runner. He's got great vision. His balance is incredibly good. His agility, I mean, we talked about this earlier, but but it, it, it's he makes very good sort of sharp cuts behind the line, sort of sees yep. the gap and 
goes. He's not a, a juking side to side kind of agility guy, but his no. his ability to maintain speed through sort of high speed cuts is very good. Um, he does break some tackles, mainly using his balance um, rather than actually sort of you know smashing people over. But uh, you know, he he keeps his leg churning through contact. He can make guys miss in space occasionally. And whilst his deep speed's not you know elite level deep speed, he can break the sort of forty yard play from time to time. And as a receiver, he's that was the big concern last year. If he'd come out, was that he wasn't really throwing the ball at all. But he's shown this year he can catch quite well. He's not some sort of high level route runner, but mm. that was just something he wasn't asked to do. There was a chance that he could improve on that. But as a core skill, he can catch. And yep. he can sort of run some basic routes. He wasn't really asked to pass protect. And if you want someone who can do that, that is something you need to project, certainly. But he's very much on the uh, low risk, relatively high reward side in, in in terms of projection. Like it would be a surprise if he ever becomes an elite all pro type running back. But it's quite hard to imagine him busting as well. I think he's the, the surest uh, running back in this year's class. I think he's got the highest floor out of yeah, everyone absolutely. in that. He hasn't got any major concerns um that some of the other guys do i don't think he's as dynamic of an athlete as you would want from someone with that kind of great upside you you sort of look for in in first round running backs um you know he can't really make guys miss but in 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 terms of you know you draft him and you know what you're getting um he's he's pretty good with that i I think what so this is something I think we could we could talk about quite a lot, and we'll try and sort of limit yeah. the degree we talk about here. It, it, is with running backs, there's always a balance between consistency and big playability. Yep. And it, it, it's it's something you see in running backs all the time. In that, how valuable is getting four yards every carry versus getting three yards most of the time, but then occasionally breaking a twenty yard play or a thought forty yep. yard play yep. or a sixty yard play. And and this is this isn't something it's particularly easy to have an answer for because if you look in the nfl there are guys who are successful going both paths so someone like saquon barkley breaks some massive plays but if you take those away he's actually not the most consistent ball carrier yeah some of that wasn't helped some of that wasn't helped by the giants o-line but also he has a tendency to to when there's a three or four yard play there, he tries to bounce outside and make the 20 yard play and end up, ends up getting tackled for a loss. And like, that's not every time of course, but, but there is, you know, he is very much a feast or famine type running back. Whereas there are other guys like Zeke Elliott who just pretty much get four and a half yards. Most carries. There's sort of a really easy test and this is definitely not sort of high level analytics, but if you look at a, a running back, sort of yards per carry average and you take away the longest carry from every game and look how it changes that gives you a vague idea of how dependent that player is on on, on big plays and yep. you do it with Saquon and it knocks I think it's over a yard per carry off his yard per carry average if you take away his longest run from every game last year and for Zeke it's like 0.4 yards per carry yep it, it, it's it's and, and that's not saying one is and I'm, I really am trying to like I'm, I'm not saying that one is good and one is bad but it, it, it is it's very much what you go for and Damien Harris is very much on the consistent four and a half yards per carry guy and and that does allow you know you can as the cowboys have showed you can kind of build your offense around that um harris is not zeke elliott zeke elliott is the best running back prospect of the last half decade but harris is is certainly the kind of player you could sort of build a, an offense around as a core running back piece i think yeah that that makes sense to me um i think in general i find it quite difficult to uh evaluate how good a professional you know nfl running back is given the 
the points you've just mentioned. Um, yeah. But also, also given variations. Yeah. Also given sort of in terms of statistics, how much of it is due to the offensive line? You know what? Uh, how how much does uh, the ability to um, have lots of carries in an NFL game contribute? You know how how much do guys kind of tail off if they're given lots of carries? Hence depressing yeah. their yards per carry. Because um, certain guys who so generally like scat backs or third down backs can have a very very large, very high uh, yards per carry because they're given the ball yeah, in kind yeah. of you know third and fourteen uh, situations yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where they get like eight yards or something. And it's, it's in general it's something that's quite hard to yeah to no, evaluate. it is it is yeah no I think, I think that's fair I think I think you do have to it's always a balance between sort of quantity and quality of course so it, it's it's how efficient you are and over what sample size yep okay anyway should we move on to player number two yeah and player number two also is from the alabama crimson tide it's josh jacobs yeah um why have you got him number two so he's sort of much more um diverse as a player so he he he's a good ball carrier i don't think he's quite as good as harris as a ball carrier yeah. Uh, but he does add more value in terms of, I think he's a, a better pass protector, and I think he's also uh, a much better receiver. Yeah. Um, I think there is, a, for, we'll get on to the second, but I think there is a clear gap between these two guys and everyone else for me. Um, mm-hmm. These these are two guys who you could potentially start to build an offense around in quite different ways. Yeah. Um, but 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 Jacobs has the ability to be a guy who carries the ball 20 times for 80 yards and also adds 10 carries for 60 yards kind of thing. Um, yeah. Or you know, or, or some, something like that, and actually gets, you know, similar, not vastly similar to what Le'Veon Bell's done in that it's never been high level. Um, he's never had the most yards per carry in terms of a ball carry, and he's never been this sort of dynamic receiver as a way. But he, he's able to be a a a volume option by in a combination of the both. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that, um, that makes I, sense. I don't think Jacobs is as good as Le'Veon Bell. I should probably be clear with that. Yep, but it, yep. it's a similar kind of... They're not the Christian McCaffrey dynamic combination player or the Kamara dynamic combination player or even the Saquon combination player. But it, it's the ability to be... To, to, to offer a number of high-level skills that allow you to be a volume player and be good enough at both that you're able to be an efficient receiving and an efficient running option. Yep. Um, his his game is very well rounded, uh, yeah. so to speak, which is a bit weird for someone who actually wasn't that productive in college, or at least you know didn't feature that much in Alabama's offense. Maybe you can blame Damian Harris for that, um, and Najee Harris as well, who's probably going <laughs> to declare next year. Um, and, and, I, I think and, he he, and he had the third yeah, and and all of these sort of potential first round picks they have on their their offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I have Jacob slightly higher than Harris. I think he's less of a sure thing because I, I have some question marks about his, his general athleticism that I don't have with with Harris. What I really liked about Jacob's game is his ability to to press sort of parallel to the line of scrimmage, uh, wait for the, the gap and sharply cut. I think he'll be quite good in a, in a zone scheme. Um, his balance yeah, is terrific as well. Yeah, yeah um, I, I, I think... There's there's always that that kind of slight concern with those kind of guys. It's the same with um oh who's the guy who went to Detroit last year Johnson Carry on Johnson um yep. who was again a similar kind of very patient behind the line 
Mm. And, and Le'Veon Bell, to be fair, is that kind of guy as well to a certain degree. And yeah. but there's always the there is a degree of uncertainty, and you know you don't have the same ability to be patient in the NFL as you do in college. So you, yeah. what you what what you do have to do is when the gap is going to close, you have to just be able to hit it and go. And I'm not totally sure Jacobs is quite good enough to do that. That I that I could put him ahead of Harris if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that I think that does make sense. Um, it's just difficult to. I, I think a lot of it depends on what scheme you're running, but there yeah. there, there there is some uh, uncertainty over how Jacobs will translate to uh, the pros where people will be faster than him um, and bigger as well. Whereas whereas Harris, um, I think, is is a bit more traditional in terms of his style of play. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think Jacobs could probably. He, he he is much more scheme dependent than Harris is, and I think he, mm. I think it would be interesting to see. I, I I'm not sure how good he would be in a power scheme, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 totally. But if you if you run a power scheme, don't draft him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that's yeah, yeah. That, that, I think that's the thing with running backs is although there's not this kind of as much projection, there is quite a lot of scheme dependency. Yep, yep. Uh, and the guy you have next up on your board is very scheme dependent. He's he's someone that yes. a lot of people might not have heard of. Um, because he played all the way over in, in Pullman, Washington, um, and isn't really projected to go that high. But the the guy who's number three on your no. board is James Williams out of Washington State. So what what do yeah. you think uh, the NFL draft consensus is missing on him? So it's interesting because like the consensus is very not mixed, but like he he's he's not. I don't think he's going to go like top three rounds probably, mm-hmm. but I, there are. There are people who've made comparisons to him that I think are quite favourable and relatively apt. And I know, I'm pretty sure the Patriots have met with him at least once, if not twice, already. Yep. And he is very much the Patriots-style running back. Yep. You know, he is. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. At, and, and, and to be fair, the Patriots have made an absolute killing drafting these guys in the fourth or fifth round for the last ten years. Uh, um, and, you know... He's not the biggest guy. He is not going to run you over. He is, he, you know, he's not a powerful runner, but I think his vision's decent. His balance is very good. He's very quick and he's got decent deep speed and mm. he can make you miss in the hole. Um, and as a receiver, he can, you know, he is him and Jacobs, I think, are the best two receivers in this class from yep. a route yep. running and hands point of view. Mm. And and if you can, you know, if you're in a scheme that, <clears throat> sorry. That if you're on a, if you've got a scheme that asks guys to catch the ball regularly, and you know if the Panthers want a like for like with McCaffrey outside of sort of the first two or three rounds, Williams I think is definitely their best bet in that regard. Um, you know he, yeah. he it, again if you want him to be a 25 carrier guy type player that that's that's that that's not who he is. But if if you're willing to um, maximize his value as a receiver whilst also giving him some carries inside like uh, James White or Shane Vereen or uh, you know, um, who's the guy who was played the Chargers Woodhead, Danny Woodhead yeah. um, you know, he, he is that kind of running back and in a class that isn't particularly top heavy he, you know, the next handful of guys I don't have a huge gap between but he is he is very much of that type and is probably the best of that type in his class by a reasonable way, or at least a decent chunk. Certainly as a, as a receiver, he is the most of them. Yeah, um, I think this, this draft class is probably quite weak at that. Um, I think there have been better draft classes in terms of 
receiving guys uh, at running back, but yeah. he, he he is definitely closest in style to, to what McCaffrey is. Uh, a guy, so a comparison's just popped up in my head of who he's who he plays a bit like, um, and it's okay. Naheem Hines, who is at NC State. He's a little bit bigger than Hines. Oh, okay. Uh, both of them. So I think Hines he's a better draft- receiver. Okay, but Hines got drafted in the fourth round, and just looking up uh, now his stats, he has 314 rushing yards in his uh, rookie season, but 425 uh, receiving yards. Didn't uh, Hines run some bonkers 40 though? Didn't he run 439? Uh, he did. Yeah, he hasn't got that speed. Yeah. yeah you are correct. Um, yeah, Hines was a guy who who rose a lot at the combine last year because of that, because he was, he was the fastest running back. Yep. Um, I think White is a better receiver than Hines was. Mm. Um, certainly as a route runner, he is. Yep. I think Hines is more in the classical scat. Like, Hines is the upper level of scat back. Yeah, so I think there's a gap between guys who are effectively scat backs, but just good scat backs and guys like, you know, as you started to see with guys like McCaffrey and um, Kamara are guys who aren't just scat backs, but are legitimate high level receivers out of the backfield, as well as being quick and elusive ball carriers. Yeah, and more than more than just scat backs. And I think Williams is one of maybe two guys in this class who I think could get into that category. I don't think it's a high chance that he ends up in that category, but I think he is. He has the best chance of uh, of anyone in this class of getting into that category, and and the the worst case scenario, as it were, is being a high level scat back. Yep. Um, I think it, it it's weird how much what college you go to sort of dictates what player you become, but um, Washington State was very much a good fit for him. You know, oh yeah. Mike Leach's offense, and how you know there is some question about how much. Uh, he already had that raw school versus how much it was really allowed to be developed. Um at washington state and this yeah. is something that probably crops up in the nfl as well um where players different players who are drafted develop differently based on the the coaching and the schemes that they're in oh yeah i, mean, I think that, that's true for every position i think that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the oh, yeah, massive yeah, yeah. determinant that, that makes sort of an analyzing scouting so hard is that yeah that, that, that your evaluation of a player is still massively dependent post-draft on where they end up mm. Yep. Anyway, should we move on to the next guy? Yeah, we'll move on to the next guy um, who had an insanely productive 2017 season. Had some yep. uh, niggling issues, uh, in, injury issues uh, in 2018. It's, it's yep. Bryce Love out of Stanford. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that you think his 2017 tape was better than his 2018 tape because yeah, yes, he was healthier. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I think also his blocking was better, which which for a player like him is quite a significant factor, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think he's quite good at reading running lanes, and I think you know he's mm-hmm. not just a hit the hole and go type guy. Yep. But when you when your offensive line is collapsing around you, he's not going to break the tackles and add the extra yardage. He's not he's not that guy. Mm. Um, he he's got good deep speed. His burst's pretty good. Yep. Um, I think his vision's pretty decent and his balance is all right. Yep. And he 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 can make the man miss in space. But mm-hmm. basically, when you hit him, he goes down. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I think in some ways, he's quite similar to McCaffrey in that regard. In that I know CMC does break some tackles occasionally, but he's not. But generally, he doesn't add that many yards after contact. His yep. key is the ability to avoid contact. Yep. I think where Love falls a long way short of McCaffrey is as a receiver. Yep. Um, so it, 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 Bryce Love is basically Christian McCaffrey with slightly worse vision and yep. take away the receiving skill set. 
Um, yep. And in a in a relatively weak class, that's probably still worth sort of a mid third round pick. Um, the mm-hmm. injury is 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 going to hit his value. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I I don't know how healthy he is. I'm not a doctor, um, and I I I I can't quantify how 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 much you should adapt your grade based on that. But I think he's a he's a decent to good ball carrier and a, at this point a limited receiver. Um, yep. If he can improve as a receiver with some with some different coaching, it, you know, maybe that that alters his value. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite player, but I think he's quite a nice player. Yeah, I think his his burst is really good. Um, again, similar issue to McCaffrey in that he doesn't break that many tackles, and there aren't that many successful running backs who sort of fit that mold. Yeah. You know, what makes McCaffrey special is his is his vision and his receiving ability. So yeah, you know those are two big things. So I'm not not quite sure uh, if I totally buy the well. You know McCaffrey is a very good player, but if you take away the two best things about him, yeah, um, yeah he's still. He, I mean, I, so I think it's interesting because I had a, I I did I I definitely undergraded McCaffrey because I didn't quite appreciate how much the, how valuable his receiving ability could be. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um. And and I actually had a similar grade to McCaffrey as what I now have with Love. Um. Because okay. I. Be, because because I effectively didn't I didn't re, I didn't value his receiving potential enough mm. um and but I think this is this is kind of where I think you value them as ball carriers is this kind of third round rage yeah. where they do some nice things they're not going to be this complete back as a ball as a ball carrier alone at least but yep. they do a nice nice things at, and that has some value yep um L- love is a nice player um I think the, the one thing I would say in terms of his receiving compared to McCaffrey is that is noteworthy that after McCaffrey left, the, the Panthers also took the running backs coach from Stanford as well. So he okay. hasn't had he hasn't had the running backs coach that McCaffrey had for the yeah. last two seasons. So I, I don't know how impactful Lance Taylor was in terms of helping McCaffrey's route running development and that kind of yeah. stuff. But yeah. there 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 is potentially some kind of coach for for the slight difference in development if that makes sense okay, but that's again a, that's, that's that's purely speculation but uh, it no, is that's worth an interesting point. that given they went to the same college mm. okay um so we'll move on to the next player on your board yep. who is quite different stylistically to to bryce love um yes. that's that's benny snell who yeah, yeah. i'm gonna guess you think is someone who can break tackles uh good amount of power but really uh, misses the the dynamic uh, kind of gears that Bryce Love has. Yeah, I'm not sure he necessarily breaks as many t- tackles as I think he he works through contact better. If that makes sense. So, yeah. No. I, okay. Yeah, I can so, see that. So so you know he's he's not some kind of you know Marshall Lynch trucking people over kind of thing. Mm. Um. But but he you know arm tackles he gets through quite well. His balance is really good. Mm. um you know he, he you know but he does keep his legs going through contact that allows him to add extra yards and stuff yeah. I, benny snell is very much the sort of jack of all trades pretty good at everything not amazing at anything type running back that i don't think he's ever going to be anything other than a decent to good running back but i think he's probably got a pretty high floor if that makes sense um i i he i'm not sure i'd i'd you know, he's not the kind of pick you get excited about, but I think if you're looking for a depth piece or a, rotate, a high level rotation piece, I think he's the upper tier of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as sold on on Benny Snell just because he he really does like that, um, 
that athletic ability you look for in terms of upside with running backs. Um, his, his vision is pretty good, and he, he does have a very good ability to uh, sort of drag tacklers. So, yeah, as you say, he doesn't tend to break that many tackles, but he will pick up an extra yard or two uh, when he's tackled, and that's that's very useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it'd be, be interesting to see how he projects the NFL because he, he really isn't that uh, dynamic of a runner. Um, and I, also, I think he's pretty good at pass protection, so that will get him yeah. uh, some, some snaps early. Yeah, no, I, I think he's he's a poor man. You know, stylistically, he's much more in the Damian Harris type mold of, of, of consistency rather than high-level play. Um, I don't think he's as good by, by reasonable way, but I, I, yeah. I, it's quite hard to imagine him being a bust, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that was a reason why he was productive at Kentucky, and it's because he's just a good football player. Um, yeah. And in this class, that gets you. I mean, I think I probably should stress that, that that once you get beyond the top two, there's really not much of a gap between the next large, like reasonably large mm. chunk of players. Like that, you know, if you want to have an argument about the guy who's at six versus the guy who's at eight, it, it there's there's it's pretty small gaps, and as much of it is about what you like stylistically and how you value ceiling versus floor. That there's not some huge gap between most of these guys now going down yep um so the next guy up on your board is someone that i haven't watched um so i'm mm-hmm. gonna kind of delegate him to you um but it's it's Rykel armstead out of yeah. temple um yep. so tell me what what he's good at so he he's very much in the sort of uh small fast elusive type mold he you know he's along with james williams he's the only other guy i can kind of see being that sort of high-level um, receiver, potentially. I, I, I think he is not the receiver that Williams is, but he sort of flashes that kind of skill set mm. at times. Um, he's got good burst. His vision's decent to good. Uh, his balance is pretty good, and he's got the sort of the deep speed. Um, yep. He's actually pretty well... He's actually not a terrible blocker as well for a guy who's a bit, a bit smaller, so there is some value mm-hmm. in that. But he, he's, he's a pretty frenetic downhill runner who... Yep. I'm not sure he'd be suited hugely to a zone scheme, but if you're, if, you know, from a a more, uh, he'd, he'd be a very good change of pace guy in a power scheme, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, whilst also offering some value as a, as a receiver. Um, he, he's another guy who, who uh, th- th- there's kind of a ceiling on his value, but he, he's, he's sort of in the upper tier of sort of smaller, faster guys. Okay. Um, I'll definitely give him a watch at some point uh, before yeah, he, now in the draft. He's fun to watch, if nothing else. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah. And then number seven, you've got Elijah Holyfield, uh, Holyfield yeah. out of Georgia. Um, yeah, yeah. Someone who might be familiar to, to college football fans. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because so he ran some terrible, was it 484 or something he ran at the combine? Sort of catastrophically. Uh, was it his pro day? He ran some catastrophically. Yeah, terrible and his, his, his pro day was reported at, at 48 something, but I think. <laughs> In the in the combine, his official ended up being four seven something, which is still really 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 bad. It's really bad. I watched him beat Johnny Lonnie Johnson to the edge earlier today, uh, <laughs> going through and watching it. Who um, who apparently ran, ran a four three nine. Yeah. So so Elijah Holyfield, who ran a four seven, beat Lonnie Johnson, who ran a four three nine to the edge. And I, it's one of those things where like, you know, don't get me wrong, he's not some burner. He's a basically a pretty conventional downhill thumper, but the idea that he is some you know slow moving piece of rock I think is a little bit unfair, and that's sort of how some people have been portraying him. In the so yeah, he's not he's not quick, but he's not as catastrophically slow as his forty times suggest. 
So he, he ran a 4.78, which is a bad 4.7. Um, I think his burst is pretty good. Um, like the, yeah, the yeah. first four steps or so. But really on tape, you don't see him crack runs longer than, uh, than 10 yards. And, and I think, you know, if you watch him run as 40, it's kind of like good initial get off. And then it he just, just doesn't pick up the pace at all. Yeah, no, I, I, I can I can imagine that, but I, I think it, it's sorry I, I, I probably got a little bit overexcited, but I, I think he he you you can you can overblow how bad his forty is. I think yeah yeah yeah. He's yeah. again he's not going to break off long runs, but he's got pretty good vision. His balance balance is good. Um, you know, he breaks a reasonable number of tackles. Um, yeah. His is he, he's actually I think one of the better pass protectors in this class. Yep, uh, I I, yeah. I think he's the best in 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 my opinion. Have you watched Jacques Patrick from FSU? No, he's a pretty good pass protector. Okay, he's he's the other guy that I think is in that conversation. Those two are probably in my mind the best pass protectors. Okay. Um, uh, he Holyfield's a better ball carrier than Patrick is, and and he's yep. also definitely a better, like if you want to talk about slow, Jacques Patrick is genuinely slow. Yeah. Um, but 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 Holyfield is. He's never going to be exciting. Um, he's 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 a rotational power running back, yeah. but he's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, his I think his power is really good. Um, kind of like downhill, uh, meeting a guy head on. Um, he he tends to win that. He gets a lot of yards uh, through contact, like Benny Snell does, but breaks a bit more tackles. Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard to not be put off by that forty time. It, you know, again, it we we go back to the the question we've been talking about for ages, which is, you know, the ability to get consistent yards versus yeah. the ability to to break place, and he's he's someone who's the the anti Saquon. Yes, yeah, I, I think the one thing I would say is in a class that is lacking many sort of legitimate power running backs, he's probably the best. If if, if you want a short yardage power runner, he's probably the best in this class. Yep. Um. I mean, I've got what a fourth round grade in him, something like that, mid fourth round, something. Yeah, early mid fourth round grade. I think that's probably about fair. He, he, you know, what he does, he does well, but he's not. You know, once you get, you know, at this point, you're picking between guys who are pretty solid but not spectacular, and guys who are very good at one thing but definitely aren't going to be starters. And then there's a couple of sort of, you know, low floor, high ceiling type guys. But but you know. I think I think Holyfield is solid, but nothing more. Yeah, I I, I just don't see um, enough upside there to justify a fourth round pick. When in in general, um, I don't think running backs are as important in in the NFL. Um, and yeah. so a running back who who actually doesn't offer um, starting upside, I'm I'm not so sure about the the value. And and another point with Holyfield as well is he he rarely caught the ball. Um, they rarely passed it to him, Georgia. Um, so I think. His freshman and sophomore seasons, he had one catch each. Yeah. Uh, and then so, uh, his junior season, five. And it's not like I didn't see him drop any passes. I just didn't throw it to him. No, I think I, I saw So I, I must have seen the game where they actually threw it to him a couple of times. Okay. Um, and I think his hands are fine. I, I, I think so. Like We were talking about the receiving tiers. Yeah. The, the, the very bottom tier is the, the, you know, if you throw it to them, there's about a 50-50 chance they catch it type guys who, yep. who realistically you can't run screens with, you can't throw, you know, you need them to pass protect because if you throw them the ball, they're a genuine liability. Yep. I don't think he's in that tier. Yep. You know, then he's probably in the tier above, which is that they can catch it, but they're not going to separate on a route. 
um and then you get sort of the scales above that of sort of guys who can run a few routes but they're not a, you know a real receiving threat and then you get sort of the McCaffreys, the Kamaras, um the, the bells mm. who are actual legitimate receiving weapons yep. um I, I think he's probably in the second category in that he can catch but he's not going to do anything more um I think also at Georgia, he's kind of been stuck between some pretty damn good backs as well in terms of, you know, the reason why he won't have get thrown the ball a lot in previous seasons is he also didn't get many carries in previous seasons. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. When you're, when you're on a team with Sonny Michelle and, and Nick Chubb, you're not going to get a load of carries. I think a good comparison is, in, in, in terms of not being thrown the ball, is Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb in his, in his freshman year uh, was actually thrown the ball a lot. And then Georgia's uh, scheme changed um, somewhat. Uh, and, and he, got, he got no uh, kind of targets in his in his senior season and his, his junior season. Um, and especially now that they've got DeAndre Swift, who, again, is, is, yeah. is likely going to declare next year, who is an absolute dynamic uh, receiving weapon. Um, mm-hmm. Holyfield just wasn't asked to do that. I'm, I'm mindful of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there, should, should we speed up? How long have we got left? Um, nah, I think so. So there are about there are three uh, players I, I, I want to briefly touch on, and that's uh, okay. David yeah, Montgomery, uh, Rodney Anderson, and Miles Sanders. Is there anyone else you'd want to talk I about quickly? I'll very, very, very quickly mention Wes Hills and Bruce yep. Anderson, who are two yep. small school guys who I think have nice upside. Mm. Um, but watching them beat the crap out of you know FCS guys, it's quite hard to judge just how good they're going to be. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, Hills in particular is a very long strider downhill. Some you know reminds me a bit of um, somewhere between Carryon Johnson and Derek Henry, mm-hmm. um, but doing it at the FCS level. And you know, yeah. watching him bounce off you know main defenders is not. Um, it's it, it's quite hard to be super high on him. Um, yeah. But but he does do some nice things. And if you've got a downhill power scheme, he's certainly worth taking a chance on on day three. Yep, and and uh, Bruce Anderson is somewhat similar, if not quite as good. Yep. Okay. Um, so briefly, then David Montgomery is yep. a guy I'm not totally convinced by, and that's because his vision seems to be quite weird, or at least yeah. like what 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 he does with the ball is is weird. So some of my notes say some wasted movement. Sometimes it looks like he's running with his body in the wrong direction. Uh, <laughs> And he spins way too often. He is he is not a conventional running back. He breaks a ton of tackles. Um, he's got really good contact balance. But honestly, like the, the the number of times I've seen him just you know mindlessly spin and spin or sort of <laughs> run horizontally, running, if that makes sense, just really weird. The running lane is over there, sir. Uh, yeah, no, it it. it, it I think the comp I made earlier was was um, a really you know it's Saquon Barkley just without the generational athleticism in in that Saquon passes off passes up open running lanes to try and generate big plays and Montgomery does it as well he just doesn't have Saquon's talent yeah and he does do some spectacular stuff like you know he, he he's actually a pretty good receiver which helps but his ability in space is is you know pretty dynamic and all that kind of stuff yeah but he's he is he has not got the generational talent to get away with passing up open running lanes in the way he does. Yep. Um and he's the kind of running back that is able to be a really good player in college, but when he gets to the NFL and the talent level increases, 
he hasn't got the fundamental game to allow him to be effective and he the likelihood that he just completely busts i think is relatively high yep uh someone whose game resembles that of saquon barkley as well as miles sanders uh who isn't the athlete that saquon was because saquon is a, a genera- generational running back athlete but yeah someone miles sanders is definitely on at the upper end of uh this running back class yeah in terms yeah. of general athleticism his agility uh, his ability to to make sharp cuts, um, sort of you know run with great fluidity, but like Montgomery and and Saquon, you know the division is a bit concerning. Uh, the, the number of yeah. times Miles Sanders tried to bounce it outside when he had no business doing so, um, was I, I way think, too high. So I have Sanders quite a bit lower still than, than yep. Montgomery. Um, yep. I think the thing with Sanders is he's definitely a good athlete. I, that, that that's that's not in debate at all. His burst and his speed are both good. Yeah. I, I just he didn't he didn't really do much actually with the ball, so he doesn't really make many tacklers miss, mm. and he doesn't really break many tackles either. He's one of those players who is obviously obviously athletic, but it's not totally clear what he's actually getting out of that athleticism. I think a lot of the time. Yep. Um I I don't know. It, I think there's a chance. So he only played one year at Penn State, really, because mm. of Saquon. So I don't know whether there's a degree to which he just... And Penn State's offense this year was was, was not great. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether that's kind of... He's got this athletic talent, you put him in a functional offense and you coach him a bit and actually suddenly, you know, he makes the most of it or, or he you know, makes more of it. But he didn't he didn't really do much with his athleticism. And, and particularly as a receiver where, you know, You'd, you know, Saquon basically just dominated people athletically as a receiver. Yeah. For a guy who's as fast and agile as he was, he didn't really do very much as a receiver. And I, I, I think there's a his talent is undeniable. I just don't think I'd really trust him at all as a as a prospect. Yeah. I think I think he's got the the upside that a lot of guys yeah. in this class don't have. But his his floor is quite low. The, the comparison I have in in my head for him is Bishop Sankey, which isn't great. <laughs> that went. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a terrible running back class. Yeah. Um, but Sanders will be a guy that I, I'll be intrigued to see how well he does in the NFL. I mean, the, the last guy I mentioned that I want to talk about is Rodney Anderson, who I'm quite high yeah. on. I think uh, for me, he's the the third guy talent-wise in this class after after Jacobs and Harris. I think I'm a bit higher on him in terms of his ability to to break tackles um, and and, yeah. and make guys miss. But the the big question mark is whether or not he can stay healthy. I know that's not something you take into account with your, yeah, your no, big uh, boards. Yeah, my, 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 my issue with him is just his ability to add yards once he actually gets to the defender. So I, I think, he, you know, I think he's, he's, a, he's a decent running back. And I think, you know, he's you talk about scheme suitability. I think he's really in a power scheme could be quite interesting. Yep. Um, but I... I <sighs> I just don't think he's got. I, I, I maybe maybe I, I'm undervaluing it, but I just don't, I don't. I didn't see the power or the sort of elusiveness that you want to see. Realistically, he kind of just blocked what was there for him. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, ran what was blocked for him even. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see it. I, I I think it's one of those things where there there it re, it re, I, I, so he's 14th on my board, but honestly, the gap between fourth and uh, really third and 14th is maybe i think it's maybe like a round and a half something like that yep. um, which is actually relatively small um 
and 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 I, I you know I'm not going to argue him being 14th rather than 13th or 12th. I, I, you know the gaps are tiny at this point, mm. but I I, I I don't think he's got starter level upside. Um, I I, I think his he's got the for, out of the bigger guys he's got the burst that um someone like Benny Snell or, or Holyfield don't really have. I think he's got worse pad level than those two. Um, which just something that you, you get with being quite a tall running I just, back. I, I just don't think he played as big as he looks, if that makes sense. I, I, I Okay. Mm. I, I, this is actually quite, it's interesting, you look, look through the numbers, it is a relatively small running back class. Like if you look mm. at the guys who are over 220 pounds, it's Snell, Bruce Anderson, Rodney Anderson, Jack Patrick, LJ Scott. You know, the, the, it really is half a dozen kind of thing who are even over 220 pounds. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just did. He, he doesn't run like a powerful guy. I don't think. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe he's better than that. I just, I, I think he could be a decent running back. I just, I, I don't think the upside is there. I don't okay. think. But yeah, I, I think this is once you get beyond those top two guys, it is very much a matter of what separates them is a, is a bit of how you value different skill sets and how you value upside versus floor. I don't think there is a clear. You know, even if you took the, the third guy on my board and, and Rodney Anderson, I, you, you are still arguing. The argument is more about how you value floor versus ceiling and how you value different skill sets. There, there, there's not. Once you get into particular sort of skill sets, I think I'd, I'm quite happy sort of going, Williams is better than Armstead and Armstead is better than, than Moore. But, yep. but, and Moore is better than Gaskin, say. But it, it really is. The different skill sets are so different that it's quite hard. There aren't many particularly well-rounded players once you get past the first two yep um i'm keen to wrap up now yeah um okay uh, who, who are the who are the, the guys you've you've written um or are planning to to write about so i'm definitely planning to write about damien harris and james williams i'm still arming yep. and arming about the third one okay um I, I, i'm not totally sure yet i i think past Possibly I was going to go somewhere along the lines of uh, of maybe Benny Snell um, yep. or maybe Holyfield. I think probably Snell, I think. Mm. Um, but but yeah, I, I think probably Snell, but but I, I'm still not totally excited. So if that changes, I, I apologise. Yeah, OK. Um, and what have we got coming up next week? Uh, so next week we've got safeties, which I need to watch some more of. But I think that's that's. Something the Panthers definitely haven't addressed as free agency has gone on, and I think there's definitely a need there. Oh, yep. one thing I was going to ask you is, what are your thoughts on um, Bruce Irvin, quickly? Oh, yeah, Panthers Bruce Irvin. This week? Um, I'm I'm not that high on Bruce Irvin. In, well, his his sort of Seahawks career was, as a, as a rookie, he was quite productive. I think he got eight sacks. Um, you know, terrific burst and agility um, for for our edge rusher, who, who developed mm-hmm. somewhat, of a, um, somewhat of a bull rush as well. You know mm-hmm. when he when he got guys off balance, but he wasn't dynamic enough that uh, he spent most of his career as a Seahawk as an off the ball linebacker. It's interesting because the Panthers are definitely moving that way. Like they they like all the sounds are that they're going quite three four heavy this year. Like it's yep. going to be more possibly more three four than four three. Yeah. Um. So I think in some ways that kind of does make a bit of sense. Um. Yep. I think it was a one year four million dollar deal. So it's not. It's neither significant length or significant money, but it's. I think what it does do is it means they don't have to go and draft a running back early. Like the, yep. the, if in the first round 
one of the guys they they really like doesn't fall to them they don't have to in a very deep edge rusher class they don't have to sort of reach for a edge rusher which is good. i think yeah i think one year four million is a is a pretty good deal like he, he's he's not a bad player he he plays the the run fairly well you know it's, it's quite smart and does offer some uh pass rushing value um mm. but just you know don't don't expect him to to get you know double digit sacks no, I, I think i think to be fair i think that, that that's kind of what you know if, if you're signing someone for four million dollars a year if you get double digit sacks then that's unrealistic regardless yep. of who they are yep yeah anyway um that's probably us done for this week uh, we're back next week with the safeties and talk about anyone else at this time before then um it's goodbye for me yep and it's goodbye for me okay.